Into the Archives with Peter Fleming. A quest for the lost children's television classics of Peter Fleming. Presented by me, Peter Fleming. This week, Episode 3, Ghosts. Hello there, my friends. Peter Fleming here, creator of The Voice in the Chimney, one of the only British children's television programmes ever to have been described by a broadsheet newspaper as harrowing. The other five, incidentally, were mine as well. Now, last week I promised that today I'd be looking back at a very amusing incident that occurred at the 40th anniversary reunion of my fondly remembered The Knockabout Boys. Uh, unfortunately, earlier this week I was contacted by Philip Phippins, who played Pip in the show, and he asked me not to, as he was concerned it might prejudice his trial. Now, I've quickly read up about this, and it strikes me as an open and shut case, but I'll comply with his request, and for now, let me just say to Philip, lovely to hear from you after all this time, and all the best for your forthcoming sentence, uh, uh, verdict. Instead, for today, I've decided to look at the scary, the terrifying, and the downright spooky. Not just the programmes I made about ghosts, but also the chilling encounters I've had with them all through my career. Brace yourselves for a shock in... Peter Remembers. Well, I've always found the supernatural compelling, and you can see this interest peppered throughout my career, be it in 1967's Spooky Ladies of History, 1969's Polter Guests, or, of course, the much-loved Messages from Beyond. Messages from... Uh, no, no uh, not just yet. Uh, there was also, of course, The Vigil, which sticks out in a lot of people's memories, uh, produced all on location, outside broadcast, nighttime shoots, uh, six weeks it was on, and culminated in a rare live programme, which went out on All Hallows' Eve 1974. Ambitious production, uh, rather a troubled one too. All sorts of problems came up whilst we were shooting, uh, sudden chills and noises in the wood, equipment suddenly breaking down, staff sickness, record numbers of complaints... Some said the production had clearly disturbed the sight of a terrible tragedy and everyone involved is still being haunted to this day. But I tend to think all that stuff had a rational explanation. Aside from the complaints, of course. It was really very good. That's not to say I'm a sceptic. Though I was never affected by the vigil, I have had encounters with ghosts, as have many working in television. It was an open secret across the industry, for example, that Zippy from Rainbow was haunted. Nobody voiced him. George, too. Thames Television covered it up, of course, hired Roy Skelton to pretend. Anything but face the truth. They'd found two possessed puppets in their studio one day, built a whole programme around them, and only then realised the terrible power they had unleashed. There was a haunting at TV Centre as well. At one corridor, you'd always walk down and hear a clangour in the distance whistling in distress. Was its soul trapped in the transmission system, I wonder? Some tried chalking it all up to Michael Parkinson, who went through a phase at the time of wandering around the building, playing a penny whistle when he was bored. But that doesn't convince me. Odd man though he is. And the most direct experience I had of another presence was out on location again, 
We were filming at Stargroves, Mick Jagger's estate, which I'm sure will be well known to rock and roll and Doctor Who fans. Uh, Tom Baker shot two serials there in the mid-70s, and a few years previous, in 1972, I shot the location footage there for my serial, Creek. And one night, we were filming a, a lengthy shot from the point of view of a ghost, uh, tracking through this little courtyard, uh, just me and my cameraman, Everyone else had been cleared, completely empty space, and we turned a corner, and there, about twenty paces in front of us, was this terrifying figure. A gaunt, haggard face, terrible eyes, like, like nothing I've ever seen, staring down the lens, and then, with a start, just turned and fled. Now, even at the time, people tried to brush it off. They said, oh, don't worry, Peter, it was probably Keith Richards, or... No, really, Peter, in the rushes, it really does look like Keith Richards, or... Sorry I messed up that shot a few minutes ago, Mr. Fleming. Here's a copy of our latest record, Exile on Main Street, to make up for it. But I know what I saw. And not even the most absolute cracker of an album can change that. And no one can prove me wrong, either, as, fortunately, the programme is missing in its entirety. Uh, but that said, do get in touch if you find a copy. Uh, mustn't forget what all this is about. Well... I think it's now the perfect time for a more cheerful presence with this week's Big Interview. The Big Interview. Now, I know this feature has been coming up short lately, but no longer. For this week's Big Interview, I shall be attempting a seance with John Hunter Blair, the original producer of Blue Peter. I've got all the bits and bobs I need, or near enough. Uh, in front of me there's an old glass, a scented candle for atmosphere, and a Monopoly board. I found them all in a charity shop. And the good thing about Age UK is once you're over 65, they have to give you anything you like the look of for free. And now, this is my first attempt, but I'm determined to get you a guess this week, so here we go. Uh, John, are you there? John? John, if, if you can hear me, I... Grief, it's working. Oh. oh, I don't like it. John, John, go back. John, if you can hear me, go back. I, I've changed my mind. I, I wasn't ready for this, John. John, I'm frightened. Please, please, John. I... Hang on. What if this tape recorder here? Knows this is. Uh, well, it, it, this this hasn't worked, I'm afraid. But I have other spiritual treats for you coming up right after this commercial message. Clean your film finds safely with Peter Fleming Acetate Detergent. Our patented formula removes all dust, dirt, and blemishes of any kind. Just take the width of your film stock and apply an equivalent amount of detergent to an ordinary J-cloth. Then get wiping for a shiny new archive. Also works on toilets and sinks. Order your first bottle for £90 and you'll get a free Peter Fleming film can detector. They cost a lot to make and they need to go. Warning, do not use on skin. Used in high volumes may come to resemble bleach. Peter Fleming Acetate Detergent. Apply 16 millilitres to your 16 millimetres today. Well... Now let's look at some other objects I've used to summon spirits in the past with a dip into 
Peter's private collection. Well, the scented candle is still in front of me, but so too now is a little bell, a microphone, and an old cine camera. And combined with a couple of other things, these were useful tools in the early days of the search for my programs. I reasoned if hauntings take place at the site of tragedies, I might be able to recover programs by visiting the homes of anyone who'd sent in a letter of complaint. Simply set up in their living room, summon the memory of their wasted evening from years gone by watching a program they hated, and capture the resulting sounds and images, throwing a handy exorcism into the bargain as a courtesy. So, I duly borrowed this bell and a different candle I got through quite a few over the years from the BBC Props Department, along with a Bible and priest they had lying around. Sadly, the exercise didn't turn up the results I'd hoped for, usually because it turns out a lot of people complain about television programmes they haven't actually watched. But it was fun to do all the same, and I'm still good friends with Father Allen now. And while I've got them out, we may as well also look at some of the complaint logs I use to find places to visit, amongst all the usual production paperwork. Now, a lot of them, of course, are about the vigil. So many complaints, I've never had time to read them all. But they mostly show, quite apart from not wanting to be recovered, it didn't seem to want to reach people's homes in the first place. <laughs> Listen to this. Problems with sound and picture on my television set made the final episode impossible to follow. Well, there's our equipment breaking down, you see. Uh, when the picture came back, I'd obviously missed important developments, and I had no idea who the girl in the flowery dress was. What girl in the flowery dress? Hang on, where have I read that before? Yes, here we are, staff sickness report. Second camera operator, Cliff Brown, excused due to stress and fatigue. Glenda kept seeing a girl in a flowery dress coming out of the woods. Now, we tried to keep the locals out of the way of filming. This one must have wandered into shot. With the general audience log a moment. She does come up. Audiences were widely mystified by her appearance, where they admitted the use of nursery rhymes accompanying her was very effective. Nursery rhymes? What are they talking about? Shoddy thing like that. Maybe it's just as well the episode's missing. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Well, never mind. What was it? Hmm. Well, I think it's now high time to read some of your own correspondence. In Messages from Beyond. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, I was forced to vacate my accommodation last week after it became infested with two stronger men. Uh, luckily, by that point, I'd already received plenty of letters from you, and I've loved reading all both of them. Uh, firstly, uh, Gary in Dudley asks, Have you thought to approach larger organisations to help with the search for your programmes? <laughs> well, Gary, as a matter of fact, I've done so for years, uh, the British Film Institute especially, and, of course, the BBC themselves. But to tell you the truth, they've always given me rather incredulous replies. Uh, we're not convinced there's enough interest, they've said to me, or, or who are you? But, uh, you know, in the end, that's only left me determined to prove them wrong and that I'm Peter Fleming, a former BBC children's producer. And second, but not least, uh, Gemma in Chichester has got in touch again. Uh, she writes, Sorry I misunderstood about Caroline's Castle. I'll only get in touch again if I've got any copies. Oh, well, that, that's all right, Gemma. It was lovely to hear from you. Uh, she, she goes on, I have the first two episodes of Into the Archives with Peter Fleming on tape. 
Would you like me to send them to you? Uh, actually, Gemma, I'm I'm making sure these are kept as they're made. So I, I, I've got copies of them already. But uh, if you find any other programs of mine, just get in touch. And if you know where copies might be found, you can get in touch too at the following address. Peter Fleming, underneath the manhole cover, Crichton Road, Congleton, C... Cheshire, Cheshire. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, oh, hello. What's this? Oh, I missed this one. I've got three. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, no, I've recognised the handwriting straight away. This person's been writing to me for years. I've never given a name. They can't be well, though. Just listen to this. You saw her. She saw you. She is coming. Ring a ring of roses. A pocket full of Round and round the garden, like a teddy bear. Somebody there? Who is it? Who's there? Come out and show yourself. I, I warn you, I've, I've got 50 metal detectors and a bottle of bleach. You don't frighten me. Who is it? What, what do you want? What do you want from me? I, hang on. Who keeps leaving these bloody tape recorders lying around? Frighten the life out of me. Has that been going all episode? I'm not re-recording now. It's right at the end. Messages from beyond. That's about all we've got time for on Into the Archives this week. But join me again next time to hear about the day in March 1975 when I engaged Dalek creator Terry Nation in a bloody duel. Until then, my friends, keep up the search... Keep in touch and stay tuned. Into the Archives was presented by Peter Fleming. His archivist and producer of the programme is Tom Burgess. Music and sound were found in a skip in Made Avale by Peter Fleming and remastered by Tom Burgess. Father Alan Tyndale gives regular services at St Bartholomew's Church in Nuneaton. If you find a copy of The Vigil, official Church of England advice is to call a priest or burn it. All Hallowtide is a sacred time to remember the faithful departed. This program was a Peter Fleming production for... Uh, Halloween.